Welcome and thank you for listening to this very special 182nd episode of Gameware Express coming at you live, which is previously recorded from downtown Los Angeles, California. I can see the buildings outside the window. There they are. They're blurry, but I can see them. It is Friday, June 16th, 2017. E3 2017 is officially in the books. Stephen Martin is here with me around this tiny table to talk all about it. E3, thank you. For coming and going so quickly. Or it took so long. It did. We were joking about how it felt like it was never going to end. Yeah. And here we are. It's over. It and is I over. kind of miss it. Uh, yeah, because we didn't do much today. So Yeah. So um, we have a lot to talk about. Every year we've done this. This is our fourth E3 uh, wrap up show. Uh, we never really go into the press conferences because they're so far away and there are so many of them spread over so many days. But uh, we can kind of talk about them in general. Sure. And for this week's intro question, I want to know what one thing like uh, sparked your interest, or were you most excited about coming out of all the press conferences uh, for the C three? Um, you know, press conferences themselves were, as usual, a mixed bag. Um, I didn't expect uh, I didn't expect Ubisoft to have one of the stronger press conferences. I agree. Why did Why did that happen? That's a good thing, I guess. Um, I, the only one we attended in person was Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't even remember much about it. Uh, there were some <laughs> some games that were interesting, mostly into, like, I like the smaller games. I didn't see too much small stuff. Really represented from any of the press conferences. Yeah. Uh, like, independent titles. Xbox might have been the, the best one to do it this year. For that, yeah. For that purpose. Nintendo had more interesting stuff to talk about after their press conference. Well, yeah. Their, whatever you call it, their direct. Their spotlight. Yeah. But, you, I mean, you know, that, that was to be expected, because... They're doing Treehouse, uh, live Treehouse stuff for three days uh, mm-hmm. during E3, so of course they're going to talk about more games. They're just going to keep announcing games. And they've done that before. They've announced games uh, beyond the press conferences. But right. as far as like a standout moment from uh, from a single press conference, um, maybe the Beyond Good and Evil announcement, which okay. is kind of... Uh, it's bittersweet for me um, as a fan of the first game because I don't really feel that Beyond Good and Evil 2, as far as a trailer, uh, hit the right uh, notes for tone of that right. franchise. Uh, if you can call it a franchise, there's only one game. I never played the first one, but it kind of, obviously the, the trailer opened up, we didn't know what it was, and I was like, Beyond Good and Evil 2? And you're yeah, like, no like, way, this doesn't feel that way, because there's a lot of cursing and a monkey talking Well, there, there's definitely animal people, and that's, right. that's Beyond Good and Evil. But um, they like to say fuck like every other word in that yeah, trailer. Yeah, I just learned how to say the word fuck, <laughs> and I'm going to say it ten times. But who knows, that, that this game is so early, it's not even... A game, I guess. So. But it was cool seeing Michelle Ansel come out on stage, like almost like teary eyed, yeah. finally revealing this game that people have been wanting for the past decade. The Ubisoft press conference had uh, so much emotion. I mean, yeah. also during the uh, Mario Rabbids Kingdom battle. Yeah. Uh, you had your the creative lead, the creative director, uh, you know, almost coming to tears. So he's so proud of his game. Uh, <laughs> right. And having Miyamoto on stage uh, compliment you. That I don't know if there's a better uh, compliment in, in this industry. Very true. So. Plus, we got uh, Miyamoto and Yves Guillermo in that back-to-back. Yeah, <laughs> like mega buster picture. The, the moment that happened, I, I said that this will be the most memorable photo of the entire uh, E3 week. And I don't, it probably I don't was. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, for me, man, that Spider-Man trailer at PlayStation really blew me away. Like, obviously, that wasn't playable this year, which is a little disappointing. They said it's coming out in 2018, but it just looks so good, and I, this is the most excited I've been for a Spider-Man game since Spider-Man 2. 
way back in the day. Yeah, it'll be the first good Spider-Man game since 2. Or great. I guess there have been good there Spider-Man games. There have been good games. ones, but I think this will be the first great one with uh, you know Insomniac at the helm. And when they said, they in an interview, when they did Sunset Overdrive, they said they had like Spider-Man on their mind when they were yeah. making like the traversal for that game. Right. So I think they'll get it right. So, it looks good you know, already. Yeah. Uh, some other high points or key points from the press conferences. Microsoft unveiled the Xbox One X. Yeah. Uh, another step in the Xbox One family of consoles for four ninety nine, coming out mm. November 7th. Okay. Is that the date? I don't know if that's the date. I think that's the date. The um, the funny thing about that title uh, Xbox One X, it just it's basically initials uh, stand for Xbox because it's just you know Xbox right. One uh, anyway. I don't know if that was intended. It had to be intended. November seventh, four ninety nine, one terabyte, six teraflop GPU, four K resolution, featuring full backwards compatibility with Xbox three sixty games and soon OG Xbox well, games. Full backwards compatibility with the games that are currently well, right, right, right. Yeah, I, I guess yeah. Yeah, it blew my mind when uh, someone, you or Twitter, pointed out that yeah, Xbox One X is an acronym for Xbox. It's um, perfect. That's ridiculous. Um, you know, Sony and Bethesda's press events, press conferences, or basically someone pushing like play on, trailer, a, tr- on trailer, a, a trailer playlist, which yeah. is weird. Which is why, yeah, I feel like Ubisoft had the best one. Yeah. Um, so, but after the press conferences were over, we got to hit the show floor. We did. Um... 15,000 tickets were sold to the general public this year for the first time ever. Ever, ever. Yeah. Uh, bringing this year's attendance up to 68,000 and change, up from 50,000 and change last year. And you could feel it. You could definitely feel it. Getting around the show floor is very difficult. Getting into lines were very difficult. They were capping off lines in certain booths because there were just too many people in them. Yeah, I can't say I've ever, ever seen, um, uh, I guess, the concentration... Of uh, people in certain booths uh, that would, you know, necess- necessitate the the need to um, close a line. Right. Yeah. And we talked about this some before going out here uh, that you know Microsoft instead of being in West Hall with Sony and Nintendo, where it was in the the South Hall, they were in South Hall. It's been a, a long. Booth. It's been a long time since Microsoft has been in South Hall. Right. I, I've been in their South Hall booths, but they were twice as big as this one. I was about to say it was a much smaller booth, and we tried to walk into it once, and it was nope. There yeah. were way too many people. It was too hot. I tried to take a picture of one thing. Got yelled at for like blocking a path, but like you can't. Everything's there, blocking a path. There was no path. It was just people. So we promptly just left. And that was the the first and only time that I was in Microsoft's booth. Right, right. Um, so it was very overwhelming for me the very first day, which is so many people and kind of frustrating because it felt like the publishers weren't ready for it either. Yeah. Because a lot of their booths were just set up like they have been every other E3 I've been to, but with all these people in there, it kind of threw it for a spin. You couldn't even get into Nintendo's booth for over half the day because of the way it was set up and so many people just rushed to there, whereas the next day they put up some like gates and wrapped the Mario line around the booth so you could actually get in there instead of everyone just standing around waiting to play Mario Odyssey. Yeah, they made the necessary adjustments, uh, you know, they- to... To remove the people that were just standing around, you know, just put them outside the booth. Well, the booth looked great. It was set up like New Donk City, uh, so it was. It's, it's what I imagine New Donk City <laughs> would always look like. They even opened the the showroom uh, show floor doors fifteen minutes early because of the amount of people outside waiting in line. And that I've never I've never heard of that before. That's so crazy. this year was definitely unique yeah. in that way, but we were able to see some stuff. Yeah, I wrote down what I saw and played. Did you? I don't even need to write it down because there's only like seven games. Cool. All right. So. 
We'll start on day one. Yeah. We mainly hung out in Sony a lot to actually do things. Right. We got uh, theater demos for Spider-Man. Yep. Which I already talked about earlier. I really enjoyed. And also uh, Detroit Become Human. Yep. David Cage, new joint. Uh, we got, kind of got an extended look at what was shown at the press event. Right. I was worried because um, after the Spider-Man demo, which was which was uh, exactly the press conference right. uh, demo, um, but the Detroit demo was was different, uh, which I was glad that it was. Yeah, they, they definitely like uh, expanded upon the whole like good evil. I guess red blue meter system yeah, that you can that do when you're doing stuff. Video game. Yeah. yeah, because when they were, you know, you're trying to free your robot buddies from the robot store, and they wanted to send a message to the humans, and do you want to do it like peacefully or violently? Yeah, and of course the whole crowd yelled violent. Yeah, they so. they asked our <laughs> our theater group should we be uh, violent or non-violent, and people yell violent because it's E3 and it's a throng of people. So that's what <laughs> want to see. And uh, so you know. They were smashing up cars and breaking windows, and I don't know. And then the giant meter moved to the red because we were bad guys. Well, or something. The, you kept, uh, I guess, you keep trying to do um, violent things until your meter fills up. Yeah, and then you can un- unleash the the resistance, <laughs> so to speak. You you're a fan of these types of games. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you looking forward to this one? Did you like what you saw? Yeah, out of this. Yeah, this looks like a typical. At, at, for better or for worse, it's what I like in a David Cage game. It looks like the kind of game I would want to play. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the. I've enjoyed all all of the Quantic Dream games, uh, despite their flaws, of which there are many. I felt this one was a little more like I don't know. There's more exploring in the space we were in, whereas uh, I yes. played Heavy Rain was a lot more direct. That's because kind it's of larger spaces, at it, least in the demo we right. saw. Right, and it highlighted more of like the branching paths you could right. do, like when your main character like. Triggers the, the robot drone, the police drone, and the cops are coming after you. Do you like, all right, do you run? Do you like pan over here and you see, like, we try to blend in or we try to hide? Or when you try to take the drone out, there's like three different options you can take, which kind of play out how yeah, it you gives attack you a, the drone. Yeah, it gives you a preview of what'll happen if you go with that decision. Whereas before, it's kind of like, oh, we're going to do this, and then whatever happens, we don't know. Right. So it kind of gives you those options. I believe it's uh, like, like what is it, pre construction or. Reconstruction. Reconstruction, yeah. It's kind of almost like the Batman stuff from Arkham Origins, where I you kind of like replay and rewind what's going on with these like virtual silhouettes and you're trying to figure out what happens. I'll take your word for it because <laughs> I do not know. See, I'm looking forward to that. And then um, we close out our day playing a demo of Steven's most anticipated game. Ah, uh, you know, it's, it's Knack, Knack 2 had no line uh, at E3. Surprisingly, because mostly everything had lines. Everything I guess towards the end line. of the day. And uh, so we played, the, out. we played the co-op uh, combat-focused demo, mm-hmm. which apparently was the harder... Um, the harbor, the because har- there, there were two. Oh, there was they? like a. Oh, right. There was one that was traversal and one that focused on combat. We chose the the, le- the latter. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're, you're the you're the big knack fan. You beat all of knack one. How yeah. did you feel playing this one? Did you think co-op added to it or? It's more knack, and now there's two people that are knack, so it's fine. <laughs> it's the same it, to me. It felt the same, but there's two of us, so it made it easier. I agree. Knack is like that's actually a hard game on the harder difficulties. Like I don't. It's not a great game for kids because. It's very frustrating, at least the first knack. The enemies you know. killed you so quickly, and then like, the respawns were so far apart. It was exactly. almost like a Dark Souls game. Exactly, yeah. And that's yeah. why I didn't like it. But with co-op, once you died, it didn't matter. If your buddy's still alive, then you're, you can just respawn. As long as one of us, I guess, yeah. is still alive. Yeah. So I was enjoying it more. Will I, pl- will I buy it? Probably not. No. I mean, I will. Because yeah. it's knack. Bought the t-shirt. Bought the, I bought the t-shirt. They did not give out t-shirts, but I bought one. Yeah, that was another thing. Like, 
usually there's you know people are handing out shirts and hats and pins and all kinds of swag at E3, but this year, why give it out for free when you can sell it? Yeah, exactly, and they literally did. Most yeah. every booth, uh, most every major publisher had a merchandise booth. Uh, Nintendo didn't. Yeah, that's weird. Um, I guess the Atlas Sega didn't. No, because I you probably think bought more would. things yeah. from them than the ones who did. Because it was like Ubisoft, Bethesda, Bethesda, Natsume, yeah, um, um, Bandai Namco. Yeah, I think I think Bandai, Square Enix had one. Square Enix, yeah. Capcom. Uh, I did. Maybe Capcom didn't. I don't remember. Yeah, well, most of them did. Before, you, there was no selling of things on the show floor. You couldn't. Yeah, there was... And they even had, like, uh, when you go to, like, PAX, and they just have those, like, online stores selling their, like, geek socks and whatever, yeah. shirts. They had one of those in the corner of South Hall, like... Yeah, they cleaned up, probably. Probably sure sold, they did. sold lots of stuff. I just still... It's so crazy what they're doing with E3. We'll talk about that later, I'm sure. Uh, day two, we waited in line for an hour to play Super Mario Odyssey on mm. the Switch... We did. It was we, quick. We made it. Was it yeah. Not a long wait, actually. There were also 60 demo stations. Yeah, they had a bunch of Mario uh, demo stations. We had to play a 10 minute demo. We, there were two different choices. Yeah. You can play the more sand level. I think they call it Sand Kingdom. Sand, yeah. And they had uh, Metro Kingdom. Yeah. Which is New Donk City. And so, I, of course, that's the one I'm That's going the one we with. picked. Yeah. And while the sand level is more traditional 3D Mario platforming and collecting, well, it's moons in this game instead of stars. Right. And then fighting Bowser at the end. Um, New Dog City uh, is more almost like Sonic Adventure. Yeah, I mean, there's people. Um, well, because it's more of a, like a hub world, right? Where you're not you're platforming, but we had to go meet, you know, Mayor Pauline, who hasn't been in a game for thirty years. Yeah. Last time we saw her was Donkey Kong. Right. We were trying to rescue her. Right. Now she's the mayor of New Donk City, and she wants us to go find a band. Yeah. And find band members for her something. It's for their annual festival. Right. So every time you find a band member, you get a moon. Yeah. But you can also do other things around town to collect moons as well, like find little secrets or... Yeah, there's coins you can collect, or there's there's one part where there's a little remote control car. Yeah, I threw um, my... the, the, The... the guy demoing the, the game for me was like, throw your hat at that guy, because the big thing, if you didn't see it, you throw Mario's hat, who's a character now named Cappy, and you can possess people. Sure. And I possessed a man, and I drove <laughs> a remote control car around and got a moon. There's a lot of cool stuff you can do. Uh, uh, I mean, the city traversal, like climbing, um, you know, climbing the buildings, kind of wrapping yourself around them at great heights, it gives you these uh, kind of woozy feelings in your, you know, in your stomach. I feel right. like um, I'm actually up there even though it's just a game. Throw so you have the power lines and turn into a, a electricity yeah. and go through them. Uh, it was really fun because it was so different, you know? Like, I really enjoyed it because I kept saying, like, all right, after Super Mario, we had Super Mario Land, Super Mario World, Super Mario Galaxy. Where do they go after that? Well, they made a second galaxy. Yeah. Where do they go after that? They just go to the real world, whatever. Anything. We go to all yeah. the worlds. Uh, so I'm curious what kind of like weird narrative they'll have. Like, why is Mario going to all these different places? Uh, don't worry about that. It's not important. Because you collect coins, but then you also collect a second type of currency exclusive to each world you go to. Yeah, I'm wondering, can I just buy that with real money to, yeah. <laughs> uh, to speed the process up? I got to dress Mario up as like, in like a suit. I'm actually watching gangster. a video of someone doing that now. I did not get to dress Mario yeah, up. I was like running around, I found the store, and I spent all my money. Oh, that's cool. And they also found, the like, there's like a casino. You can go and gamble your money. Oh, per- kids will love it. You could, Yeah, you can win a moon there. Uh, that might have been my favorite thing I got, actually got my hands on. 
to yeah, play? Yeah, it's up there for me. It's most likely mine as well. I mean, there, there wasn't much that we did play, uh, mm-hmm. but, yeah. And then, uh, as is tradition, we all we have our fighting game we do. tournament tournament. Yeah, so uh, we, we try to find all the fighting games on the show floor and do either best two of three or if they just let us do one. Yeah, as many yeah. as they allow us to do. Right. Uh, so we went over to back to Sony's booth and we got our hands on Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Yeah. There were two there were two demos to play. There was a story demo which did not suit our needs because <laughs> we were looking for verses, so we uh, kind of sidled our way to the to versus demo, which right. had some technical problems, unfortunately. Yeah, it crashed like every time we tried to play it. Yeah, and the audio is cutting off like halfway through game two and our game three. Yeah, uh, which hopefully will all be fixed. Once hopefully, the game comes yeah, out when the game is sellable, uh, it won't crash and the sound will work. That'd be good. But I thought it was fine. I mean, mm-hmm. I liked playing Marvel vs. Capcom three, but I was no no expert. Some of those character models are kind of whack on the uh, Capcom side. I agree. Um, and the voice acting is questionable. Uh, but that's um, that's nitpicking, because none of that's mm-hmm. really important. For a fighting game. For a fighting I mean, game. I mean, character models, maybe. Uh, did you see that... Uh, I saw someone Photoshop the really bad character models from Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite onto the cover of Tekken 2 on the original no, PlayStation. I, you told me about that, and I didn't see that. I'm looking it up now. And um, it fits so well, because the, they're, the characters are so just like... They look like plastic. Yeah. And some of them were hard to tell. Like, you couldn't even tell Chris was Chris. I really thought it was like a Tekken character. And, I don't know. But I thought the gameplay was fine. I was a little worried going back to 2 on 2. And the uh, way, like, the assist worked. And it looked like it played more like Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Mm. But to me, it was fine. I, I don't know. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> Not good at Marvel vs. Capcom. But it was still fun. The big addition this time is you can choose an Infinity Stone when you start your match. Right. And your L1 button either summons, like, a little power-up it can do, or if you press L1 and R1, you kind of, like, activate the super part of it, which is kind of like X-Factor from the last game. And each stone has its own unique ability. Uh, so that game was cool. But uh, probably one of my biggest surprises from this year is we went over to Bandai Namco and played Dragon Ball Fighter Z. And I'm not surprised with how good that game was or how much I would enjoy it. Um. I, mean, well, I, have no, system, I have no affinity for Dragon Ball. Yeah, but you you like good fighting games, right? Right, right. And, and this is a, a studio that's behind, you know, Persona Arena, Blaz mm-hmm. Guilty Gear. Um, and I mean, this game probably, I mean, I describe it as like Guilty Gear meets Marvel vs. Capcom three. Yeah, because it uses that weird like two D to three D thing Guilty Gear does, where it's like a two D fighter, but then you do like a move, and all of a sudden it looks like a three D sh- like a shot. Yeah, camera flips around on the side. It's funny because you know when you're playing it, or at least when I was playing it, I didn't notice at all. Uh, I mean, it, it definitely does that with the camera, but you don't notice it as much as with uh, as when you're just watching. That's really? just me, maybe. Oh, I saw. It. I mean, and when you do super moves, it goes like full anime. Yeah, it's, like it's jumping up and charging up. It looks up, like boom. a hand drawn like cutscene. So. Mm-hmm. And it's three v three. A lot of characters assisting and switching in and out. A lot of huge combos. A lot of nonsense. I mean, it's straight up anime bullshit, but in like the good way. You need to watch Dragon Ball. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot. Like each season, it's funny because the box sets are like this is nine hundred minutes, so this is thirteen hundred minutes, and yeah. I mean, I guess don't watch it, but man, do I love Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball. I don't know because now I'm like super curious about this game because I'm yeah. kind of want to pick this up now just because just it's watch, a lot of fun. Uh, watch all the show first. You'll you'll. 
have no trouble getting through it. I'm all sure. of the show, yeah, or just like Dragon Ball Z. Uh, you watch Dragon Ball Z. Well, you can watch Dragon Ball first. I don't know. I watched Dragon Ball Z first, and then I went back to Dragon Ball. Because that's a lot of episodes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it'd be like it would take you a month probably, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much all you would do is just watch Dragon Ball. I mean, I caught up on twelve seasons of Always Sunny pretty quickly. Yeah, so it's like the same thing. Right? T- no, those are ten episodes yeah. per season, and twenty-two minutes per episode. So. And how long are these? I mean, it's the same length. It's just each season has like forty episodes. Jesus Christ! So, but half of them are like bullshit, right? Like nope, they're just like there's charges no. And and- I, there's no filler in Dragon Ball Z at all. It's all important. And there's if anyone tells you half Dragon Ball Z is just charging up Kamehameha, it's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Every minute of that series is important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I no, I really do. I I like the weird episodes. I like the 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 weird, you know, like the fly episodes are good. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that there's any wasted. I like it all, okay. but I guess I don't have a. In my opinion of Dragon Ball Z is not common, perhaps. So fair enough. But the game was really fun. Yeah, it was. Um, I'd say it's the best fighter we played. Yes, I, absolutely. Yeah, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> there weren't there weren't a lot of fighting games this year. We played three. three. We played three so. of them. Yeah. We played all of them. Yeah. I can't think... Was there any fighting games we didn't play? I don't think so. Not that I can think of. Yeah. Uh, then we kind of separated. I went and played Agents of Mayhem and... Um, yeah. In Square's booth. Square, as you do, you play weird <laughs> Saints Row spinoff games uh, in the yeah, Square booth. Yeah, this was announced last year, and this is my first time getting my hands on it, and I still don't really know what this game is. It looked like uh, we took the Saints Row engine and made something that is not Saints Row. Well, I think because they went so far off the deep end with the Saints Row franchise, there was no way they could continue that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 there are ways I think they could have, but instead they're making this, and... They say, like, they never use the word saints, but my characters are wearing purple and they have Florida Lees on them. Right. And all of the three other, like, rival gangs from, like, the first and second Saints Row are in there. And, like, you go to Freckle Bitches, which is, like, the fast food knockoff restaurant, yep. which is in Saints Row. So it's, like, takes place in the Saints Row world. Sure. But I'm not the saints. Instead, I'm these, like, ragtag band of agents. Well, all have different abilities they can use, and it's not as far as like Saints Row Four, where everyone's like a superhero. But you have like an air dash, and you can double jump, and it just—they don't explain that really. And you have three different characters you play with, but they're not on the screen at the same time. You can like hot swap them, and they just kind of teleport in and out. So it's set in this weird, fictitious. The cutscenes are like I don't know how to describe them. I'm not watching them right now, but they're—it's like a really weird, low budget. Flash animations. Yeah. So I'm just trying to figure out what exactly this game is. I mean, it's third person. You run around and you shoot things. It's almost like a Saints Row meets Crackdown, but worse than both. Were you just playing, like, multiplayer? No, I was playing, like, a story mission. Okay. It was about a ten-minute demo. Um, I had to go, like, infiltrate and climb this tower and kill these dudes and then take on this boss at the end. Were there orbs, at least? No, no orbs. No no, no, no orbs. There should be orbs. Right. Uh, The main guy, whose name was... Mayhem. Sure. He had, like, a gun, and then he had a special power where he would drop his boombox and everyone would dance. That's almost, cool. Like, the Groovatron. And I like that. And Clank, yeah. yeah. And then well, I, was, I think Saints Row has had weapons like that before. Yeah, yeah. Like, the and then, dubstep gun. Right, right. And then there had, like, this big bruising guy with a shotgun, and his, like, superpower move would he would just, like, shotgun real fast. Yeah. And then had this uh, lady who was on, like, roller skates, like, a, almost like a derby girl. Jet grind radio. Yeah, and she just had, like, this uh, minigun. And I couldn't figure out what her super did. It kind of made her, like, 
fast or everyone else slow, but I couldn't really do anything with it. I don't know. I thought the main character I, was fine. Is this game trying to be... Is there a multiplayer component of this that's trying to be like eSports? Uh, I, I, just, I don't understand the... the no, I think this is like just a single player, it's just single another Saints player. Row type thing. And, and I don't think it's like me and you and a buddy can play three players together because you have three players. It's like, no, it's a single player game. I just cycle out these three players. Right, because after you do your super, they're on cooldowns. So you can switch to someone else and do their stuff and use their super. Right. And stuff like that. Is it open world or... Uh, there wasn't anyone there to ask. Right. Booth was just kind of by Whoa, itself. Unmanned booth. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the Four Saints Row games. I wanted more from that. Yeah. I don't know if this is it. Well, there's still time. What, this game doesn't come out till next week, right? <laughs> I don't know when this release date is again. Me there's either. A, I don't know either. There's no one there manning the booth to, uh, to answer questions. Out. Yeah, there, there's someone on the other side. It's August 15th. So this game's done. Yeah. Objectively. Yeah. Uh, what were you playing while I was doing this? I uh, just kind of walking around the square booth watching... P- I was looking for dra- something Dragon Quest. There's nothing Dragon nothing. Quest at E3 this year. Uh, I mean, there's Dragon Quest merch, but right. I think I already had all that stuff. So, um, basically, I uh, just wanted to play something that didn't have a line. The only thing in the square booth that didn't have a line uh, was that Final Fantasy uh, mobile... Mobius, is it Mobius? Mm-hmm. Uh, which I, I played on an iPad. I guess it's mobile... <laughs> Um, and uh, this game is out, so I don't even know why I was playing it at E3. <laughs> no line. Uh, it came out back in August of last year. Um, so if you want to play it, then go for it. I didn't like it. It's, uh, it's, well, it's, it's maybe I didn't give it enough time. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, it's just like an old school, which I like, a, a Final Fantasy turn-based, uh, RPG, um, you know, with kind of a newer, cleaner sprites. Right, right. Um, it's not rated very well on a... You know, on it's on Steam, it's on, uh, I guess, Google Play, it's on iOS. It's rated well enough on mobile. It's not rated as well on Steam. So uh, I played it for all of, like, five seconds and then uh, walked around and watched people play some Dissidia, which, uh, you know, is that a remake uh, or a reinterpretation a of the PSP one? Uh, or is it some kind of, was there an arcade Dissidia game, I'm wondering, like in, in Japan? I don't know. I think there is. There's it's a the City of Final Fantasy NT. It's, uh, it's so by Team Ninja. This game came out or was in first shown arcade Japan in 2015. Yeah. So this this is I've seen this in Japanese arcades actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's kind of a crazy game. The line to play that was insane. Yeah. As most lines were, but there's over 50 or there's 50 characters in this game at least in the arcade version. Mm-hmm. So I'm imagining that it'll launch with around 20. Uh, whenever they release this on PS4, um, and then I don't know, buy the rest of them <laughs> eventually. So that was our day two. Moving into day three, we got our furry on. We did some Sonic Forces. We did. That's the first thing we did. We, we waited in line uh, to play S- Sonic. Man, that was a short demo, but I guess that's why the line moved fast, right? There were three. Um, there were three different like demo areas you could pick. And I think we picked different ones. I picked the like a boss encounter. I picked like modern Sonic level. Right, and the boss encounter. If you've ever played a Sonic game on Sega Genesis, then you've pretty much played the boss encounter that was I it, played. Was it two D? Yeah. Okay. Because I played like the more modern Sonic level, and you know he was rolling around at the speed of sound. Sure. Places to go. Following. Are these lyrics the to Sonic yeah, music? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And. It was kind of dumb. 
Because I always reference the Sonic cycle every time we talk about new Sonic games. Oh, yeah? And there's that one where you take the turn where, like, more friends are introduced and new friends are introduced. This game has all the friends. Yeah, they popped up in, like, a talking box in the corner, like, Star Fox style, and where he was yelling at me as I was running around, like, five different friends. Yeah. The alligator, the bee, the girl, the white one. Any, are there any new friends? I didn't see any new friends. Did you see the robot? Yeah. Was the well, robot the new friend first? is you. Yeah, because you can because make... you make one. You make your own You're Sonic. the friend. Yeah. Uh, so that was really kind of annoying. Yeah. And it kind of turned me off a little on this game. Uh, it was a lot of, you know, traditional, traditional, you know, I guess 3D Sonic running around. But then at one point, the camera did turn 2D. Mm. And I was playing like 2D Sonic, but it still yeah. had like the homing attacks. So it was more like Sonic 4. Right. Uh, so, I mean, it, it got better. Like, it was fine. It, I think Colors did that, what they're doing a little better. Mm. But I have. I don't know, I'm still kind of, like, in the middle on this one. Like, the gameplay itself seemed good, but I didn't like being yelled at by, like, a bunch of different furry creatures as I'm running around. That's you just mute the game. It's I, fine. Yeah, no, no, yeah. So I just don't want his friends to have that many weird rolls into it. Because this one has modern Sonic and classic Sonic yeah, in 3D form. It's like, and you. It's Generations Part 2, basically. Right. So that'd be, that's the only reason I'm interested in this, because... Uh, we jumped in this line because it was a little shorter than Sonic Mania, which was also playable. Plus, I know I'm going to buy Sonic Mania in two months, like, for a fact. Yeah. So I didn't want to play it's, it too much. I'm, I'm watching some videos of Sonic Forces, and it's funny because, like, as you're playing 2D Sonic, 2D Sonic, your friends start yelling at you. Yeah. Uh, in the corner. Uh, so that's a first. I don't ever remember playing a 2D Sonic level. Uh, and maybe it did happen, but I don't remember it happening in Generations mm-hmm. and then having the friends show up in the corner. No, I don't think so. Give you tips. Right. And I played the boss encounter, uh, which, again, it was just like Sonic, you know, Sonic 1 boss. Swing a ball. Yeah. Jump on the platform. Basically. And then there was a second phase where Robotnik, um, or Eggman, whatever, nope. uh, <laughs> uh, went into like a larger robot. It was fun. But it was short. I mean, it was over... Yeah, I was done in two minutes. Yeah. Two and a half minutes. Exactly. It was weird. Yeah. So. Um, after that, things were really crowded on day three because the Coliseum was over. Yeah, so, that's when the rest of the people were, they were all in the show floor, because there's nothing else to do. So we played some bullshit games that were already out, technically? We did. Farming Simulator 18 and The Surge? And well, you know, we played the PC version of The Surge. Which is technically not out yet. It's not out yet, and um, it runs a lot better than the PS4 version. Mm-hmm. And um, Farming Simulator just came out like two weeks ago, so... Um, that I game was is complicated. Trying to like harvest some grain, I had no idea what I was doing. I couldn't even get to a to a point where I was driving uh, farming equipment. <laughs> Just I never I never got to touch the farming equipment, so I was right. disappointed. But I like the surge. But it, you know, I like the surge because I like Dark Souls. Right. So it's, it's, it's like basically sci-fi Dark, sci-fi Dark Souls. And we talked about the surge on this show. Not mm-hmm. that not that I'd ever played it. Right. But until... it's out on consoles at least right now. Yeah. Uh, we went back to the Sony booth and we separated again. I went and played uh, Everybody's Golf, yeah, which is just Hot Shots Golf. Yeah, I learned it's just renamed. Yes, uh, you didn't know that. No, I didn't know. Yeah, that. of course. I mean, I thought it looked the same, but I was like, why are they making yeah, another golf game? What happened to Hot Shots? Same team, same style. Yeah, I got to play Shuhei Yoshida. Yeah, president of playable PlayStation game. Yeah. Uh, so that was straight up Hot Shots Golf. And that was fine. But then also went and played Matterfall. Which is like a Metroidvania Contra game. Now you're speaking my language. Yeah, uh, it. I mean, you're running around and you're in this like weird suit where you kind of look like Samus because it was red, and it's 2D. It really reminds me of um, Shadow Complex a little bit. Yeah, but the controls are kind of 
uh, confusing or yeah, hard to get used to. Because that's one thing you want in a Metroidvania is, is poor controls. So you move with your right left stick and you shoot with the right stick. So it's like a twin stick shooter because yeah. your arm just kind of spins in a circle and whichever way you're pointing the stick, you're shooting. Right. And you jump with R1. Mm-hmm. So it's a bumper jumper. That's strange. And if you press L1, you kind of do this like slide thing and enemies are red and then they turn blue. And yeah. then you can shoot them because you slid into them. So you have to slide into them first. On some enemies. Yeah. And then if there's like a, um, like bullets coming at you, like blocking a path, you can slide through them. Or there are like these blue walls you can't go through unless you slide through them. And then after you do that, there are some platforms that aren't there. So you have to press L2 and aim to shoot like a gun that will make the, the platform materialize. You have to jump and dash through it with L1. Mm. To do it while like shooting things with the right stick, so it was kind of chaotic at first, just trying to get a grasp on all that. But like the music was fucking awesome, yeah. And there are a lot of cool particle effects when you went into like your like super mode because like everything went like really like oversaturated and everything slowed down. So when you're shooting things, just particles, things are exploding everywhere, and it's uh, that part was really cool. It's uh, coming out in August, August fifteenth again. Really, it's only like twenty bucks. This is like... I didn't even know this was on the show floor. This um, was like the one indie game in Sony's booth. Playable. Because we talked about it all this week. You know, the past couple of years in Sony's booth. They had so many small independent titles that you could just walk up and play because yeah. no one knows what they are. That's how we found Nidhogg. That's how we found... Um, what's the... Uh, like, Axiom like, Verge. Yeah, I was just playing that last week. Axiom Duh. Verge. And that's where I found Rocket League when it was yeah. a one TV thing before yeah. it blew up to what it is today. Uh, this is pretty much the only one of those on the show floor, and it was pretty fun. I just don't know if they decided to hold off on all the other stuff due to more people being in there, but it was also kind of empty in that corner, so it was kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, too. Because Sony did that thing again this year where pretty much all of the games were by appointment only, mm. and you'd download the experienced PlayStation apps, like book your appointments, which I thought worked really well last year, but maybe because there were more people this year. After the first day, you couldn't book anything. Yeah, because there were two, there were two times where the the scheduling would go live, and every time they would fill up literally like that. Yeah, like I was mashing the plus sign at eight fifty nine, waiting for nine o'clock to happen, and like my finger was going down when it clicked to nine, and I hit it, and it was like make reservation, and then it was like error, it's already full. And it's like I can't be faster than jump in the green like that, you know? Yeah, at that point, it's just like random. Uh... <laughs> Depending on servers, it's it's right because everyone everyone literally did that at the same time. Because thousands of people all week, I was trying to get into play Destiny two and Star Wars Battlefront, and all week it would crap out. But you lucked out. Yeah, I was able to um, at the same time that you were unable to book a <laughs> demo through the app. I was able to book a, a demo for Star Child, which, um, you know there uh, there weren't a lot of uh, indie games. Uh, I guess you can call this an indie game. There weren't a lot of indie games just on the show floor, but most of the VR stuff was from smaller uh, developers, including mm-hmm. uh, including Starchild. This is from the same um, team that did... Uh, did they do Lucky's... Lucky, Lucky's, Lucky's Tale. Lucky's Tale. Yeah. You know? So um, if you don't know what Starchild is, it's basically a 2D puzzle platformer. Well, it's 2D, but it's 2.5D. Um but since it's VR, uh, you're, it feels like you're just sticking your head inside of like a, uh, like a diorama. Mm-hmm. And because um, the action, at least in the demo I played, was just moving left to right, and uh, it was gorgeous. It, 
it felt like a, a ride at uh, maybe uh, Disney World or oh, yeah. or um, Universal Studios. Like felt I felt like I was just in in a especially being immersive as a VR title. I felt that I was being placed into a, a completely different world. And um, this is the type of game unknowingly that I've been waiting for in VR um, for years. Is this just for PlayStation VR? I don't know. Um, it was just announced at the press conference mm-hmm. uh, on Monday, so uh, right. this is this game public has only been public for uh, a few days now. So yeah, this um, is a, it's Playful Core. Uh, they're busy because they also they had Star Child on the PlayStation uh, presser, and they had Super Lucky's Tale, which right. is not VR at no. Xbox. Right. So they, That's an they odd move, of, yeah. To me, they're getting the money from both places, so yeah. more power to them. Well, but but is I don't know if Lucky's Tale is a fifty dollar game. Lucky's Tale or Super Lucky's Tale? Super Lucky's Tale. Yeah, yeah. It seems strange to me. But this was cool. Like, do you see yourself picking this up? Because you have a PSVR and I have a Vive. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll absolutely be buying this game uh, whenever it comes out. It may be a while, but mm-hmm. yeah. And then. Uh, as is tradition, we closed E3 in Nintendo's booth. Yeah. Dude, we were just kind of hanging out, and this guy was like, I need two people to play Pokemon Tournament. Oh, perfect. It's another fighting game. I yeah, so I was like, I'm t- I'm two people. Me and him are two people. So we got to play Pokemon Tournament DX yeah. on a Switch in, in handheld, mode. handheld mode using the Joy-Cons as controllers, which during the entire presentation they were or last week or two weeks ago when they did this and announced it was coming, I was like, how are they going to do this? Because their whole thing with the Switch is like, you can put it on the table, share the joy, and play, you know? Because if you play Pokemon Tournament, it's all over the shoulder, it's on two-player for the Wii U, one person's on the TV and one person's using the gamepad because it's both that over-the-shoulder perspective mm-hmm. for both people. But in this one, because you, know, you can hit and then you change phases where then it kind of turns sideways like more like Tekken. Right. So I was wondering how they were going to do that, but I mean, it was just like a one camera view kind of thing, and the other player who wasn't over the shoulder, you could still move around, kind of like in those Naruto games, I guess. Right. And then when you ch- change phases, it turns sideways, and I thought it worked out fine for yeah. what we are doing. Again, I didn't play a lot of Pokemon. I don't think you played any Pokemon. I haven't played any Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really have a problem with it um, in that way, but the uh, the girl who was demoing it for us did say there's a split-screen mode yeah. that you can still use. We, she just didn't use it. You know, right, right, on the show floor, and I got to try out uh, one of the a couple of the new characters, uh, Decidueye, the uh, the grass evolution from Starter from Sun and Moon. I thought he, I thought he was really cool. Yeah, I did work kind of well with him, and also play a Scizor. I don't know who I picked. Um, <laughs> I think I picked Maychamp. Yep. Uh, and yeah, I mean it's it was cool. It was a fun game. Mm-hmm. I don't really I'm not as familiar with the Pokemon. Do you plan on get? Did you get it for Wii U? No, I didn't buy it on Wii U. I will, on? I will buy it on Switch. Yeah. yeah, I just it sucks because like, as someone who supported the Wii U and I bought all these games, and I enjoyed them. I just feel like now I have to buy them again, which I know I don't have to. No, you don't have to. You just play them on Wii U. Right, but that's silly. Keep your Wii U plugged in. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. Okay, I'll just buy them again. Yeah, I'm just gonna buy them again. Yeah. Uh, plus, again, playing on the go. Seems like I'll play it more. You could, you could bring your Wii U on the go. You could just get, you need like a, <laughs> a, a very a very powerful uh, battery that's mm-hmm. fully charged. Maybe a DC converter and like a gas. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So that's everything we got our hands on. Yeah, but that's not everything that was at E3. And obviously, we can't speak with as much authority since we didn't play it. 
let's. I figured we'd do a fun little lightning round yeah. of games that were there or were announced and get your thoughts on them. Yeah. All right, you want to play? I do. I want to play all the, all of these games. All right, here we go. Well, we're talking about Mario. Wolfenstein 2. Yeah, I think it looks phenomenal. Um, I mean, I've been a fan of this developer since Riddick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's um, the shooters that... this machine games or... It's a lot of people that work. I know it's a lot of people that worked on it. It is. It's machine games. So, like, I don't know how to describe why their why their shooters feel different than uh, than others, but to me, they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, something like Wolfenstein, or really anything from from machine games, like I'm interested. I'm in, instantly interested in that mm-hmm. more so than more so than a Battlefront, more so than a Call and of I, Duty. I um, heard great things about New Blood. Old yeah. Blood, New Order. New Order, Old Blood, Old Machine. All that. All that. Where I own it and haven't played it yet, but now I kind of really want to after seeing what Wolfenstein 2 had to offer. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. Uh, Bioware announced their new IP called Anthem. Yeah. Probably not coming out until later this year. Looks like, a, like Destiny, kind of. Right. Yeah. I know there's going to be a lot of hype. Um, people were throwing, you know, trying to compare it to Destiny, kind of like when The Division came out. Right. You know, can this be, can this dethrone Destiny, be a Destiny killer or whatever? I think we need to see more, honestly. Like, it looked really cool. Yeah, but it's very early. It's we got to hear that terrible fake multiplayer banter on the Xbox uh, stage yeah. when they were demoing it. Always fun to us. It's the worst thing on an E3 stage, really. But that and the shoutcasting, two right. terrible yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it looked cool. I mean, you get inside of like an exosuit and fly around and shoot things. I'm always down for that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. I just want to see more. I'm not interested in this game. Really? Uh, but that does I mean, well, but who the, how the hell should I know? Because we don't know anything about it. Exactly. Well, you um, don't really play multiplayer I, online shooters. I don't really play a multiplayer, and that's fine. Uh, and I don't really play, if it's not an ulti- if it's not an online shooter, if it's more like Mass Effect, I don't really play that either. Yeah. So unless Bioware is like, we're going to scrap everything and make like a seven hour long character action game. <laughs> and it'll be You're the first one we ever do. I might be interested in that, but not to say that it won't be an incredible game, and not to say that they haven't made incredible games in the past. It's just that these are not the games for me personally. Right. Um, so this is a hard pass for me. I have enough. no interest at all in this game. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nintendo, I guess, remember they own the rights to Metroid. Oh shit! And they announced we do. not one but two Metroid games. First yeah. one during their spotlight, where it was just a very teased, small teaser and a logo for Metroid Prime Four. Yep. That's all we know. All of y'all said I was crazy for saying you this still was happen. are. You were crazy still for that. And they announced it. Uh, also, in the Treehouse after the Spotlight event, uh, they announced Metroid: Samus Returns for the 3DS. Yeah. Which uh, is a remake of Metroid 2 for the Game Boy. Nobody should be making Metroid 2 remakes because we're going to make a Metroid. Yeah, 2 I know. Uh, Vaughn and other people were really upset when they, you know, shut down AM2R. But now at least it makes a little more sense because they're making their own. Yeah, they made their own Metroid, Metroid 2. 2 they're like, screw you guys, we we're making this one. Well, we're yeah. not we're not making it. Mm-hmm. Someone else is making it. Um I don't mean to speak for you, but this might be not I already not gonna speak for you. This is my probably biggest surprise with the show. Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. Yeah, that's not I'm not surprised at all by that. It's real and it's of course looks it's spectacular. Real. The leaks were they were all there. There were leaks the it's, whole time. It's just XCOM. Yeah, it looks like awesome. Like, literally everything they showed off was, like, straight out of XCOM, and I have no problem with that, because XCOM 2 is bad, yeah. in my opinion. Well, it looks like XCOM, but you can move a lot. Yeah, because you can, uh, they kind of 
I'm not going to say took this, but Chroma Squad did this, yeah. where you can run up to your teammate, and they'll kind of throw you across the map so you can get more distance. Right. And they, they use that here. Uh, you can also traverse through pipes, and there's a lot of, like, overworld exploring, which they didn't do too much explanation on why you're doing that or what you're doing. Right. But you're just kind of running around, and you do a battle, and it goes straight up XCOM style. The rabbits are still a little too much to be desired. No, the rabbits are fun. I I like the rabbits game on or the games on the Wii. I thought they were okay. And this was before, long before the the minions craze that everyone hates justifiably. So right, right. Uh, I always thought the rabbits should have ended up bigger than what they ended up being, but then the minions happened. So. Right now, everybody's looking at the rabbits like they're just like minion clones or something. Yeah, and it's like no, no, no. It's the other way around. Um, a couple of smaller titles. Uh, coming out of PlayStation, which they look interesting. Um, Hidden Agenda, super massive games. Uh, next thing after Until Dawn. Yeah. Well, one of them is a VR prequel. game, which is called The Impatient, which is like a prequel to but Until that's Dawn the prequel, or something. Yeah. Uh, Hidden Agenda is like the, the the cop game, where it's like serial killers and cops, and you have to. I like uh, Until Dawn. So if this <laughs> is anything like that. This is. Absolutely a game that I'm interested in. Also, probably the most hype coming from the EA show, which was a thing, was uh, A Way Out. It was developed by the same guy who worked on uh, Brothers of uh, Tale of Two Sons. Yeah, that was interesting. It's like a prison game where you play as two different people in split screen always. Yeah. And you're not always playing together, which is an interesting concept. Because usually when you're doing split screen, you're still right next to each other. Yeah. Whereas this one, a cutscene could be going on for one character, the other one can move around and like watch the cutscene right. and interact with it. Definitely looks interesting. Um, you know, the the director said like it has to be two player, it has to be split screen. Even if you're playing over online, right? It's split screen, so right. it's like you have to have a buddy to play with. So I don't know what this guy has with like want you to play with two characters all the time. in his game. Maybe when he was growing up, he always wanted to play with his brother, mm-hmm. but he never could because his brother always had to go. So right now he's making games; he can make it a requirement. Right. Star Wars Battlefront Two. Yeah, it looks great. Mm-hmm. Will I play it? Uh. Probably not, <laughs> but it looks really good. It does. It's you- coming out at a very busy time. Yeah, uh, where there's a lot of games. Evil Within 2 yeah. announced at uh, Bethesda. You know, you I, played the first one. I, I did, and it had so many technical problems that really affected my enjoyment of the game, so I'm mm-hmm. just hoping that maybe they can figure that out for the sequel, because I would love to play it. There really aren't enough games like this. I feel like in the PS1 and the PS2 era, um, and maybe PS3 at the beginning, there were um, you know more... Uh, horror games. Now there's maybe right. there's like what two or three mm-hmm. uh, franchises that regularly maybe two that regularly put out horror games. Maybe not. I, I don't. There's no more Silent Hill. Um, but anyway, this this game looks cool. I, I love the imagery. Uh, it's it definitely goes places. Very uncomfortable places. Yeah. yeah. It just I really want them to to figure out the technical issues. Maybe the solution is I just need to play this on PC. <laughs> Far Cry Five. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I didn't play three or four as much as you did, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm definitely ready to play a new Far Cry game. Yeah, I'm excited to see more. That line was always capped every time I walked by it. Yeah, people want to play Far Cry. It looks it looks great. So, uh, God of War. Yeah, Dad I mean, of War. Yeah, Dad of War. This is I've never been interested really in God of War. Uh, it's, you know, Kratos uh, is a very one dimensional character, mm-hmm. and uh, I know that the that God of War is about the gameplay and not necessarily the story. Right. And me, of all people, should be fine with that. 
Uh, but I just never really gelled with God of War as a franchise. So, but this one looks interesting. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm very interested in trying this one out. Do you think his son will be alive at the end of the game? Uh, yeah, I think he will, and I don't think Kratos will. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Kratos is gonna die. Um, let's uh, let's do a, a one-two punch of pirate games yeah. between Sea of Thieves and Ubisoft's newly announced Skull and Bones. Yeah, that's the, so they Ubisoft was like, okay, you like these pirate segments you of really, our Assassin's Creed games? We <laughs> yeah. have all the we have all these engines and uh, water physics, so we're we're just going to make a full game out of all that. Um, yeah, I wonder how Microsoft felt. Yeah. Because CFDs was really hyped last year at four-hour lines before they let randos into the uh, show floor. Right. Uh, I still don't get the hype for CFDs. Like I really want someone to explain it to me because it looks boring as shit. It's like you're a pirate and you got your buddies. It could be good. Who knows? But I think between the two, Skull and Bones looks more interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I I like the art style more uh, of CFDs. So it's yeah, you know, they they both could be really fun. Mm -hmm. The thing is with with pirate ship battles. and pirate ship stuff, uh, that's very slow. Yeah. You know, that you're in your boat and the water is carrying <laughs> you and you're, it's just, you know, I don't know, does that make for an engaging multiplayer uh, when people, you know, the, are rocket jumping and people are running across walls? Right. And it's, I mean, it's a different experience, obviously. I feel like these games will kind of be like uh, like Ghost Recon Wildlands or The Division, where if you have a crew that you can run with great. and play together, it'll be great. And if, you're, if not, it's probably not the game for you. Yeah. Um, Nino Kuni 2, Revenant Kingdom. You know, I I really want these games to be better. The, the first one um, has a lot of problems, but I love the art style and I love the characters and the music, so uh, I want this to be a great game, too. I'll buy it, for sure. I just don't know if I'll play through it, because the first one was so long, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think the second one looks, looks just as good as I thought the first one did. Uh, Days Gone. Yeah, I mean, um, it could be good. I know a lot of people are sick of the zombies, zombie craze. But right. If it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, writing it off right now. Really? I think it could be good. I know that you're not as hot on it. No, I mean, I, zombies are one of like my favorite subgenres of horror, and they did kind of run it to the ground over the past five years. And by they, I just mean like media. I don't think the past three they have, but certainly no, before that, yeah. like five, seven years ago, it's been. And yeah, I'm not a fan of like the. Bikers, hordes of zo- well, bikers are fine. But like the hordes of zombie, fast zombies, where like World War Z and I don't have a like problem that. with that. It's like easy fodder. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And Assassin's Creed Origins. Yeah, it looks. Um, you know, they the rumors were true. They were, it's in Egypt. I'm probably not going to play this game because mm-hmm. I don't play Assassin's Creed games. I was, I was, I had my interest peaked for Assassin's Creed. They took the year off. They're bringing it to Egypt, which is could be interesting. I thought maybe they'd try to change some things up, do some things different, to yeah. like put the franchise, give it a, like a breath of fresh air. And then I saw the gameplay demo, and I realized none of that is true. And it looks like an Assassin's Creed game, and I couldn't give two shits I about it. I don't think one year off is enough time to reinvigorate. Uh, and maybe it is. Maybe it'll be the best-selling Assassin's Creed game in history. But I don't think one year off is enough time uh, to fix... Uh, in my opinion, what's wrong with? Well, those it sounds like they, you know, they fixed a lot that was wrong in Watch Dogs between Watch Dogs and Watch Dogs Two last year. Yeah, and I don't know, maybe I expected more from this, and it didn't happen. But was there a two-year break between Watch Dogs or one? Uh, Watch Dogs. I think it was two thousand. Yeah, it was two. It was two thousand fifteen. Yeah, it's two thousand. It was two years. No, two thousand fourteen, two thousand sixteen. Was still two years. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, two it was one year in between. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
so I don't know. I'm just I'm not I'm just not going to play an Assassin's Creed game. No, there's, that's fine. There's little they could have done to make me want to jump into that. Right. So. Any other games you want to highlight or talk about um, that you saw or announced that I may have forgotten thinking, running down this lightning round? <laughs> oh man, no. Um, I mean, yeah. There, there's a lot of cool stuff going on on the 3DS with Atlas. You know, they're mm-hmm. bringing over the new Etrian Odyssey game. They're remaking um, SMT Strange Journey, which was a DS game. Yeah. Um, I mean, those and the new Yakuza. Even though Yakuza Six is not a, as good of a game as Zero, I mean, I'm still going to buy that. I'm going to buy all of those uh, Atlas games. Mm-hmm. So it's um, there. Those are small titles, but it's still cool that they're they have some force at. At E3. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, overall, how would you feel? Or how do you um, feel about E3 2017? E3 2017 uh, is a different show than E3 in the past, and that's fine if that's uh, what they want to... Well, you need to let, me, you need to let oh, me finish my thought. Sorry. That's fine yeah. if that's the direction they want to move towards, but uh, E3 2018 cannot exist in the same state. They need to either go full consumer or dial it back and then just... Uh, cater to industry, right. and if they do want to go full consumer, I think we both agree that they need to have one or two days where it's consumer, and then there need to be one or two days where it's uh, industry, yeah, just to make it work properly. Because they're just in the two floor spaces they currently use to host this convention, there isn't enough room to do things properly. There isn't enough mo- uh, room to move around. There's too many people in tight spaces. It's just um, it doesn't. It's not efficient. No, I agree. Uh, I don't have a problem with with people, just regular people going to E3, but I do have a problem with the show being operated like it's business as usual mm-hmm. when that's not the case because it, it just doesn't work the same. It, it's hard, you know, seeing guys in suits running around like sometimes meeting for like you know big business deals. As the same time, these cosplayers are running <laughs> around, or a literal furry walks down the middle of West Hall. Yeah, and I just—it's just so strange that this is what E3 has become. And I know the ESA is obviously looking for more money with all of these bigger publishers like EA, and until like last year, Activision—you know—pulling out, Disney not being there anymore. They don't really have a video game division anymore. Yeah, but obviously they're losing money from those publishers not being there, and they're trying to make it up here and. Doing the math, selling fifteen thousand tickets at two hundred fifty dollars a pop, it's almost four million dollars uh, that they made. And if they don't sell public tickets anymore, that they won't get. And I'm sure they don't want to lose money. No, you know. And doesn't like Gamescom or I know Tokyo Game Show definitely does like what you said about how they have exclusive yeah, industry days and then there's everybody there's days. It's like a public day, and then mm-hmm. yeah, that, I mean, that's just the way to do that. Now the question is, do do the publishers want to staff their booth, you know, on that fourth? I think that's going to be the biggest day. blowback having Probably a fourth not. day yeah. of E3. Because uh, we've talked to our friends in the industry who work these booths, and every time you mention the slightest breeze of a fourth day, it's like, no. Yeah, they no, don't no, want to no. do that. But you're right. there do need to be some changes to the, the, the layout of the floor or maybe a bigger place. Uh, I was reading this morning how E3 is going to be in L.A. for 2018, and I believe 2019, but after that, you know. Yeah, they're wanting the them president. to um, up update the convention floor space. Right, because like the way the LA Convention Center said, it's two halls separated by a five, seven minute walk between the two, Right, going through concourse, and yeah, I don't know, like I felt this weird, like 
prejudice against everyone with the neon yellow badge. No. Which meant they were public, so every time I saw someone, I just automatically hated them. I'm going to start selling uh, clear badges for $10, <laughs> or clear badge holders for 10 bucks. Right. What if uh, what if the ESA is like, all right, because they, they also they do feedback every year, yep. like a survey, survey, see how people felt, because anecdotally, talking to people on the floor who had been in the past, seeing people's tweets and Facebook messages talking with the people running the booths, asking how they felt about the public being open, and not a lot of people had a good like good things to say about it. Yeah. You know? Right. For various reasons, depending on who you saw and who you talked to, whether it's just people being rude and abrasive, not knowing how to handle the crowds, you know, just the sheer mass of people in there. Right. Um, what if the ESA is like, all right, well, we need that $4 million, so we won't open the public anymore, but we'll start making you pay, like, 50 bucks for your badge every year. Would you still? Would you do that? I mean, I would, but I don't think uh, I don't think most people would feel that that they need to pay fifty dollars. Especially like if I'm working E3, I need a badge, right? You know, right. if I'm working in a booth, why? Am well, I not an exhibit. Like the exhibitors already pay to be there. I'm talking right, about like right. media, you know, buyers, these yeah. influencers. I, don't, I just don't. I don't see it. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't see them charging for industry badges. If that eliminated the public from being there, would you? I would, do that? yeah, I'd gladly right. do it. I just don't see them. Uh, I don't see them doing that. Mm-hmm. So I hope they can get it figured out because, man, after that first day, like I want to go home. I think the first day was the worst. Yeah, um, because by the second day, you know, they had started to Nintendo had kind of restructured their line layout, as we were saying earlier, and then honestly, the third day it didn't seem as crowded. Yeah, I don't know if people just like went home. Maybe they did just go home. Like, we were worried about the this. third day being more crowded since the eight through Coliseum was over. Right. And that was an LA Live, so that drew some people away from the show floor to be there. Right. Um, and from what we heard talking to people, that was mostly yellow badges right. at the Coliseum. Uh, so those are people you know who paid money to be there. I'm also curious. I didn't really talk to many people who are in the public, but I'm curious like what their experience was because. Obviously, the glitz and glamour of being at E3 might overshadow anything else, but with a show that packed, I don't know what the hell they got to do. I was walking by the the Activision booth, and someone asked what the line was for Call of Duty, and the guy said four hours. Right. Four hours to play Call of Duty. This is, well, they love Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah so I don't know why you want to pay $250 plus airfare plus hotel to fly out here when literally over half your day... Is standing in line to play Call of Duty, and that's but that, maybe know, that's what they really wanted to do. That's how Comic Con works. When you go, to, you pay however much you go to Comic Con, you stand in line all day and you do two things. Right, um, that's why Comic Con's. I've always been interested in like San Diego Comic Con, but with I, over a hundred thousand people there. Well, that's exactly. I've never been interested in going because of that reason. But people, I want to see the spectacle. But yeah, you can't do it. People anything. go every year and they know exactly what. Uh, they they're getting it. into, and they right. fucking love it. So, um, of course, people are going to love E3 because they got to get their hands on something, you know, well before right. uh, the rest of the people in the world. And we might world. just be like enjited, uh, entitled jaded fucks. Yeah, you know, exactly. We, we've been doing this for so long. But it's like when I went to Anime Expo last year, which was in the same building, there's over 100,000 people there. Right. And that was miserable. Yeah. But I don't have as much interest in, you know, anime subculture as doing video game stuff. So to me, the spectacle was like just being there was fine, you know, right. and the crowds or whatever. But here, you know, I wanted to I wanted to do stuff. I wanted to talk to people. I wanted to see things. And, and that many people being there has made it difficult. Yeah. You know, so hopefully they can figure this out, figure this problem um, thing out. I uh, expect them to change nothing. Yeah. I expect them to sell uh, even 20, more, tickets even more public tickets next year. Um, and I expect uh, maybe Activision won't have a booth in there next year. Yeah. Maybe there won't be the need for... Uh, you know, the, these publishers spend a lot of money on this booth space. And if, they're, if 
the marketing need is not there to have it, then they're best they're best suited going elsewhere. Well, Activision's booth was huge, and all it had was Call of Duty and Destiny. Right. Um, EA's, you know, they're probably spending the same amount of money doing their own thing for three days up in Hollywood. Right. Uh, so, like, you, you know, will more people pull out and do that? Yeah, I guess we'll maybe. have to see. Yeah. Nintendo won't. No, Nintendo will make their booth bigger. Yeah. They're they're practicing building their theme park. Yeah. Between Zelda last year and New Donk City this year, they're getting pretty yeah, good at they're like doing really well at that. Mm-hmm. So we'll just see. Uh, but that's it. That was E3 2017. The food trucks were um, pretty good. Food, th- food trucks were pretty good. Lines were long. Yeah, but I got bacon, sausage, and egg inside a waffle taco yeah, kind of thing. Delicious. That was cool. See, I don't know because like obviously we come out here mainly for E3. And but it's fun seeing the people we like to see once a year, and we do extracurricular activities. We found a really cool arcade bar out here. We went to a cool comedy show yesterday. We're going to see Baby Metal tonight. Yeah. So you know, factoring it all in, and me being upset after the first day, and like I don't know if I'm gonna come back next year. You know, factoring those other things too makes it more almost like a working kind of vacation. You know, so it's a tough call. We'll see. I guess we'll have to wait until what the oh. ESA announces for 2018. Always register if you just don't want to come. Right. I just hope they make that announcement soon enough because airline tickets are cheaper yeah. further out, as we know. And seeing in a little finding an Airbnb pretty close for not as expensive. Right. Hotels are ridiculous now. Yeah, it's it seems like uh when I started going to E three, you know, you could stay out here for the whole week for less than eight hundred dollars and now it's almost twice that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But now Airbnb is more prevalent. We have a little kitchen. Yeah, I've been using it. Been Sharing 400 square feet for the past seven days. I've been cooking boiled eggs for <laughs> breakfast. Uh, so yeah, that is our show. That is E3 2017. Um, we'll be back next week with a regularly scheduled program with all of our friends, just like Sonic. Uh, until then, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Adam Arinder. I'm at Steve Gameware. And you can find Gameware on Facebook, facebook.com slash GamewareBR, or this podcast, facebook.com slash GamewareExpress. Uh, listen to it on SoundCloud where I post it every Friday, just like today, as well as on Google Play, Xbox Music, and iTunes. So thanks for listening. We're about to go to a concert, so we're going to get ready for that. Uh, until then, have a great weekend. I hope you enjoyed E3, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>